Hello and welcome to For the Love of Mary, a podcast series that tracks my journey to finding the relationship between the Virgin Mary and the position of women in Ireland. It's told through the conversations and stories shared with some of the most amazing women on this island. My practice as an artist is very much founded in the idea of gathering the stories of women and this project was no different. Supported by the Arts Council of Northern Ireland, SIAP Award, I was able to travel to meet with women, research the ideas that came up in our conversations, document shrines, all with a view of getting to the bottom of why she's so prevalent in Irish culture, and from that create new works of spoken word and poetry. I had no script, no questions drafted. So what you're about to hear are all very much responsive conversations. I hope you enjoy this journey just as much as I did. Don't forget to share and subscribe and thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of For the Love of Mary podcast. In this episode I get to talk with uh, feminist activist Arlene Murphy from Clare Woman's Network. I met uh, I met Arlene through the Women's Network. Uh, I put a call out, and so the next, th- the next three episodes are are going to be interviews that were conducted with women from Clare Women's Network, and um, they they were amongst the hardest conversations to listen back to because there was so much emotion. Um, in them um the this is where i kind of lose i kind of lose what i want to say um because the emotion is so is still really really raw it it opened it actually opened my mind i mean i knew i understood that i would come up against this idea of anger and hurt and shame at how women have been treated and made to feel like second-class citizens within the country um and so Arlene was involved in the repeal campaign as well um and canvassed door-to-door I'm very passionate about what she, she what she does and very passionate about that idea that as women we to be mother must shouldn't be our only choice um and that we shouldn't be made to feel villainized for 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 not having that choice so that's been a theme that has come up a few times um uh, in the conversation with Kathy Shields and here and anyway listen to it um some really amazing things come up and I was so privileged to have been able to share the space and share the stories with and, and the conversation with Arlene and um, same goes for the next couple of podcasts. Anyway, I'll leave you to it and catch you on the other side. Thanks. Take two. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so yes, your name for just for my record. It's Arlene Murphy. Thank you, Arlene. Um, so we're, um, the, this is basically just a conversation and it's um i'm gathering women's experiences of the virgin mary and uh, um with with the view on the position of women in ireland yeah and just because 
the Virgin Mary seems to be so entrenched in Irish culture pervasive yeah, <laughs> and indeed. the roll of She's your eyes says so much. <laughs> well I mean so when I was a little girl in primary school um, so you know th- th- as soon as you mention Virgin Mary all these images immediately come into my head of uh, so May is the month of Mary was a hymn we used to sing uh, you'd bring in flowers for the May altar mm-hmm. uh, there'd be an altar in every classroom every classroom had their little May altar with the Virgin Mary Holy Mary and so we'd bring in the flowers and there'd be you know we'd sing the songs the hymns and and uh, and that went on right through I think we may have may, maybe in sixth year sixth class so that's the last class in national school here um, it wasn't I think they were more in there was more another more important step we were taking so we were going to be confirmed then so she kind of got pushed to one side for it's it feels like it retrospectively to one side so we could be confirmed and we had to focus on this confirm confirmation and and then and then at secondary school it was less again but then when I was in secondary school there was an incident uh, when I was 15 and love it yes so there's so, so two images in my mind spring so I can immediately go to May's a month of Mary and the May altar but then fast forward a couple of years and I'm in secondary school and a young woman the same age as me at the time I always get upset when I talk about this because we were the same age and it was in a grotto yeah. and that image just it's still oh my god still I forget how how important that was yeah. for me because it was in 1983 when the Eighth Amendment was put into the Constitution here yeah. and it was almost harking back to the age of fire and brimstone when the preachers would go around the parishes and preach from the pulpit, preach fire and brimstone. We had them coming around to the schools and preaching Um, they would they told they sorry now it's okay uh, how um, how abortion was what it was yeah I mean and they lied about that uh, mm. they wanted to show images they wanted to show the silent scream but fortunately for me and in my school it was a very middle class well to do mostly students that were in my school so from wealthy middle class backgrounds and their parents put the foot down and said no you're not showing it in this school so we didn't see it but I know a lot of people particularly so I came from Dublin but down the country they weren't so lucky that they were shown that movie do you know um and so and so I have those two very stark particular images of the Virgin Mary one is flowers being garlanded and singing hymns and praising and then a young dead woman died giving birth yeah. in a grotto um, and I think so that so that's my experiences and that kind of ended my um, my relationship with any sort of religion that was it that was the moment for me when it was I mean I wasn't a real believer up to then but I went along like everybody else and then and love it happened and that was it for me then 
um, yeah, my relationship with those things ended. And I suppose now my my as a as a grown woman, my um idea of the Virgin Mary is that it's a three pronged control device. You know, you have three choices. You can be the virgin, you can be the mother, you can be the whore in Catholicism. That's it. They're your choices. That's what's open to you. That's what's preached. Yeah. And um, and I rail against that with every fibre of my being. Yeah. And, and no matter what, no matter which path you choose in society, you're sort of, <laughs> yeah, you, um, you're kind of trapped, screwed. Yeah, yeah. trapped. Yeah. Um, the choice of motherhood is, you know, is quite a. It's a hard choice to to make, and it's. And and there are, you know, there's. I think that idea that that's what we are supposed to be, is yeah pretty. When you grow up, you will be. You know, when you have children of your own, in fact, was growing up was the 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 line you would be trotted out. Oh, yeah. you know, when you have kids of your own, yeah. And it was just, you're going to have children. Like that's just what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, you don't really have a choice. You weren't. Nobody said <clears throat> when you grow up you will have this amazing career or you'll follow this path. It was when you, yeah, we know when you have children. Yeah. And that was it. And there's no, or if you don't have children, you're going to be labelled this one yeah or this one and there's n- and you're trapped in those situations it's it's um it's yeah <laughs> phone's going off it's okay yeah. <laughs> or, um yeah it's it, it's one of those i suppose a lot of this and love it has come up a lot through these interviews in fact every single every single time wow. it ha- she, that she has come up because that's the story that everybody remembers yeah, and mean. because it impacted so it was on just across the board even even people who were born after that or around about wow. that time yeah that's the one that i think because it had such an impact on you know the eighth amendment came in and this is what we remember, oh, yeah. that these are the consequences of those yeah. actions. And um, and then moving forward, and, and I suppose like with last year and the referendum happening, all of that's <clears throat> quite, it's still there. And It was funny, know. I campaigned, I was, a bla- I was deeply embedded in the campaign to repeal the Eighth Amendment here in Clare and going around the county every town and every town and village in the country at somewhere has a grotto has a grotto or multiple um, yeah or a few of them exactly and and you're going around and like you just think it's we have changed we have changed i say that with some trepidation but we have changed uh, that is i suppose the the, the touchstone for not the touchstone that's the wrong word you know that's the thing we can see we can look at this we can look at those grottos and we think how far we've come well we don't you don't see the women gathering there yeah putting flowers down doing all that stuff that they used to do when my mother was uh, a child and she talks about it she talks about the marion year 1954 in this country yeah. and 
uh, that you went to the grottos and a lot of grottos were built then you know I, 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 even my grandmother when I was a small child had the Marion Grotto so that was the one that was even though there was a few of them but this one was the Marion Grotto the one that was built in 94 so I suppose my god it can go back generations to women looking after this icon of womanhood yeah um, and and holiness yeah uh, uh, very strict and very limited uh, and they were yeah my grandmother and my mother and my aunts and you know my family was really impacted by the church yeah uh, yeah yeah it, it, it was we were chatting earlier um, and I was saying that, you know, a lot of my research, the research and the comparison between Eve and, and Mary and this idea of like these two iconic women, um, iconic mothers. Appropriated women. Yes. Yeah. And I think this, the journey, the journey that I've been on in finding Mary, so I'm not from a Catholic background. Um uh, although my mother my mother converted to Catholicism later in life I know you're <laughs> she had her reasons and um and I and I and I get her reasons you know she yeah she she needed that comfort and that was you know but it fascinated me and the the idea of the Virgin Mary fascinated me a lot because <coughs> in in the Protestant faith she's just this she's just the mother of Jesus that's yeah, it yeah. and it's not she's not held in the same way and yet then when you look at her in Catholicism while she's held in this such high esteem she she had to be yeah she had to be because in the council of Nicaea when they decided all this yeah. you know they decided that well he can't Jesus can't just be a man he must be yeah. more than that he must be God that's and true. God and this ordinary woman well there's no way she can be an ordinary woman yeah. so we'll give her this title yeah Chalcedon Chalcedon was first and that was the it was the creed that's where they well that, that was the establishing the, the divinity of Jesus yeah and then Nicaea was establishing the creed okay and they had to set down well if she's the mother of Jesus and we've established his divinity then she has to be the mother of God but that was sort of then that was where the line was kind of drawn. Yeah. And it's not until the 18, 1800s that I think it's 1854. I'm going to fudge that year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's around about <laughs> then. I think Pope, or some, some Pope anyway, and he decided that, well, you know, we of establishing her perpetual virginity. He decided. He decided. Yeah, I yeah. love those words. Um, as popes are wont to do. Um, yeah, there's an old joke of um, who put the horns on Moses. So in the Vatican, there's a statue of Moses that was done by Michelangelo, and he's got horns okay. on him. And um, because some pope decided that in the translation of the Hebrew, that when Moses comes down from the... When he comes down from Mount... Mountain. Mountain. To collect, collect the, the Ten Commandments, yeah. and he comes down, and he's surrounded by rays of light. And this, yeah, this Pope decided that um, he uh, he's not a saint. Moses is not a saint, so he can't be surrounded by rays of light. So the word for rays of light 
and horns are very similar in their in, in their construction in the Hebrew, so he changed it. Okay, as he could do. As he came down. Because he is infallible. Yeah. So the Pope can do this stuff. Yeah. So this, the, so then Moses had horns and was represented with horns and it perpetuated a huge myth that was running throughout medieval um, belief structures that Jew, that anybody who was from a Jewish that they had horns so this this kind of, yeah that's then where that that's where that came from, from. yeah <laughs> every day is a school day <laughs> yeah so yeah, as a theology student um yeah well, my degree was in theology okay so. oh that's kind of cool although yeah, yeah. Well, i went to a college that you could quote the bible and you didn't have to reference it like you, you yeah you didn't have to i know I know. I get told on so many times for citing which version of the Bible, and yeah, it's like you don't need to do this. Okay. I know that's bonkers. Well, yeah, bonkers. Yeah, okay, we'll go with bonkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so weird. But um, but so yeah, the so there's these decisions, and I think that a lot of what we, a lot of the, a lot of the sort of stuff that we have around Mary, um, is. It's that the the imposition that has been placed upon her, and and we forget that she has been appropriated. These mm-hmm. female deities are appropriated from paganism, from you know, like so. We have Irish Catholicism, which is a very specific form of Catholicism. Rome, Irish Roman Catholic is different to other Roman Catholics, insofar as there are no saints, there are no Irish saints recognized by the Catholic Church in Rome. None, not one. Not Saint Patrick. Not Saint Bridget. Not no one. I did not know this. Oh. But we have Saint Bridget, Saint uh, Flannan, Saint whoever we have patrick we have you know you go around the country and you see saints this that and the other and no they are not recognized but we're allowed to have them because that's yeah of course yeah assimilation thing yeah and 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 mary and eve they're exactly the same thing they are what's her name the irish goddess dana danu danu so you know could be appropriated from danu from name your goddess name your deity yeah. and there you go there's your eve and your mary yeah and um, danu eve she was the mother of all the gods the two of the dana are are sorry no the two of the dana are you're from danu and work away <laughs> you know so i wow so now i can see the appropriation and the misuse of that appropriation yeah yeah the female figures are definitely um, it, it, they had to be subjugated. Yeah. It's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This the, the this journey has been really enlightening and um, shocking on levels, I suppose. Um, because there are, you know, whilst there's there there are, there's a lovely, so we've been traveling around, traveling around Clare and looking at like going to visiting grottos and we went to um, the St Bridget's Well, and we went into not real saint, not real saint. Bridget was a flipping awesome. Well, Bridget was in fact a pagan goddess, yeah, so 
just awesome. hugely appropriated and needed to be hugely appropriated because she was very important yeah um, there's a lot of them as, yeah there were a lot of female figures in Ireland and we, Irish history was, were, were very feminine very feminine mythology very feminine ancient culture mm. uh, and, and the Breton laws like they were not ideal but they were less they were more feminist than than yeah. not, I suppose. Uh, women owned land. Women owned money. Women were not chattels. Yeah. Uh, as much as they are now. As then. And turned into in Catholicism. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. And when you look at like Ireland in the last, since I suppose since that Marian year, you look at the history, and the laws that have been in place and that have that have shifted but looking at the shift of where <clears> things <throat> have gone and how they're going like you know from things like women not being able to own property and being second class citizens in law yeah in constitution and law we were second class citizens you were placed in the home yeah you know uh, uh, illegitimacy was still on the books uh, you know but then that came from a man's insecurity. Eamon de Valera was raised by a rampantly devout grandmother. His mother abandoned him. He didn't know who his father was and he has and he was raised by a grandmother and his aunt who was married to a very devout they were very devout, pious people. And so all of the stuff that came out in the Constitution with John Charles McQuaid that all de Valera's issues paid into that. So women of Ireland are paying today for the mistakes of some woman back in yeah. 19, whenever he was born. Wow. No, uh, don't apologise. No, don't, no, don't <laughs> apologise at all. No, it's absolutely... Because it's these, it, these perspectives, though, are the, the purpose of this interview. So... My practice as an artist for the last number of years has been about capturing the stories of women, the truths of women, the untold stories, the hidden histories, those things that are gold dust, that are seemingly ordinary, that we don't think about, the everyday sexism that we turn a blind eye to, that we, because it's so ingrained in our culture, that we forget that it's there. And that's the, the, what I've been able to do, you know, like things like talking to factory girls um, in Derry which you can search online you can you can google uh, or whatever search engine you fancy using but you can you can search online for the factory for the Derry shirt factories you will find information about the men who owned them the men who started them and set them up the men who like that went that sort of set it up for it was done first in women's homes and they would take that they would deliver the fabric and stuff and then collect the bundles and then this the the shirt factories grew from this not once will you find the stories of the women that you know the things like 
a rite of passage being in the factory was that everybody got their like they pierced each other's ears so you knew somebody that was new in the factory because they'd have thread hanging from their ears until they got a pair of sleepers to put in or that somebody would bring in bread somebody would bring in butter somebody would bring in sugar and they'd all go up to the presses and they'd like make these things that were like pancakes so they'd make a sandwich and then toast it and everybody would have this and then they'd all scurry before the line manager would come in because he would go nuts if the they found out that it was being used to cook <laughs> bread you know wow that's yeah. amazing um or things like um in dairy there's a phrase what's the bars kind of like what's the crack tell us the bars and it was that whenever they were passing bundles across the shirt across the from one line line to the next they would tap on the bars and that was that was your wee bit to say whatever the crack was that was happening what's okay, okay okay so this phrase came out of that there's nothing about that. Never heard of and it. And only by sitting down and talking to women and finding out, you know, yeah, yeah. oh, such and such, you know, we knew this girl and she was really, really great and she got on well. And so she did everybody's wedding dresses or the bridesmaids dresses or, you know, or going to the dances and, yeah. you know, uh, walking miles to get into the dance because they lived in the countryside and stuff like that. Yeah, God, you know. Yeah, women are amazing. And women are amazing, and these and sitting down with women and them going, I don't really have very many stories, and you're like, this is history that I don't know anything about. Yeah, but this is a rich part of our culture. Yeah, and we celebrate this culture, or we should celebrate this culture, and we forget it. And if we don't, if we don't listen to it, if we don't talk about it, we'll forget it. Yeah. That's true, and it must be really hard for women who don't tell those stories anymore, who don't gather in those places, who, for whatever reason, feel that they can't or they... Yeah. It's kind of sad. It is, yeah. And we're reminded every day, well, down here, we're reminded every day of where we come from, because, like I said, there's one of those grottos in every town and village, more than one in a lot of places, and you go around, you go, oh, my God, you know, it's a very stark reminder. Yeah. Yeah, at the, at the Simford as well, we were, I think the one thing that's really struck me about them is um, this idea of people leaving, and it still happens, people leaving petitions, you know, we took a trip to Knock in November, we stopped off, it's, it's kind of, on Plastic a, on Jesus a, Central, on, a, on an anthropological perspective, okay, yes, it's, it's an amazing spectacle. <laughs> I've been to Lourdes. <laughs> no. Only by accident because we were in France and passed it. And Lourdes, I never knew where it was. Well, yeah, where why, was it? why wouldn't you do it? Out in the ether somewhere. And it's just like, knock, it's, it's, it's an amazing spectacle. It Absolutely, is. yes, it is. It has this like American evangelic complex mega church kind of yes. feel about it, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, but yes. we, we, we sort of like went in and... Um, I looked at the map and there was the Mary's Garden. I was like, I have to find Mary's Garden for for more than one reason. I have to find Mary's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly where my men do it. Went to. Um, so not to be disrespectful. Um, but yeah, so we totally by accident we find I find Mary's Garden and was struck just completely in awe. This it's not ostentatious. It's not like. The Mary of the apparition is very regal and it's a very still place and it's quite ceremonial. But this place was 
was just a statue and she's very young and it's yeah it gave it sent all of the hairs in my body standing but I noticed around the stonework that's around her it has all of these little holes naturally occurring holes and they were rolled up little pieces of paper stuffed in to the holes and you just think that people writing those whatever those petitions are mm. taking that time rolling it up and patiently putting it in and then trusting and walking away yeah. to have that level of faith yeah it is it is amazing and and it's and it's women and it is mostly women yeah because we we seem to be as beings we seem to be spiritual beings we seem to have the capacity to it's esoteric it's it's you know we have almost um divinity yeah just as just from being as a, by sheer dint of being a woman we yeah. seem to have that and we have a great capacity for faith and trusting I say that when one side of my head is going, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Because there is that, yeah, but, because that's been appropriated. That's been, Mm. uh, what's the word? It's been beaten and battered and all those, you know, Mm. out of us. And yet, and I suppose here you find that it still goes on secretly, probably. Yeah. And also, I think, I think that there's the possibility that as women, we're used to just kind of going, there's nothing I can do about it. I have to just hope. Yeah. Yeah. It's in somebody else's hands because everything is in somebody else's hands. We have no control over I this. Have to just yeah. Um. But yeah, we were at St. Bridget as well, and there was um. So there's like all of the kind of you know people who have passed away and sadness and stuff, and then outside and just written in a love heart was we hope that we will be able to conceive. Oh, I pray, we, I pray and we'll be able to conceive. And that kind of, yeah, I had that. And it was just, oh my goodness, like to have that level of desperation. So when you, there's the weighing it up of, it's yeah. a real conflict of where do we, how do we place ourselves in that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's not no I'm not asking you for all yes, of I can't give an answer for that I can't I can't but I think that that's yeah but I think it takes a, it's it, it's it's almost like taking advantage mm. it's almost having these icons and it's like taking advantage because we will in fact out of desperation when there's nowhere else to go and nothing else to do go to that place and yeah. hope and I think, yeah, they totally take advantage of that. Totally take advantage of. Yeah. In my head. Yeah, there's a... But I've gone from, in my lifetime, from not being devout, but being one of the many. Yeah. To being... <gasps> I want the, nothing to do with... One of the many with, on the other side. On the other side. I want nothing to do with that many. I'm on this side now. Yeah. So I find it difficult to look at without some 
scorn maybe a little bit of scorn a little bit of tutting a little bit of you know judging maybe probably not great either but I think probably but I think but I think yeah and then I think you're not it's we're taught what to think we're taught what to think and not how to think yeah so do you think going forward um beyond the referendum things things are going to change for women oh god not anytime soon we still live in a patriarchal society patriarchal <laughs> hierarchical society i'm sorry they are here when you know so yeah it's great having mary and where she came from but no there's no there's no going back not anytime soon i can't see it i can see that capitalism is in its death throes mm-hmm but I, I mean, the fight back against that is, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I would love to see. So I have a foster daughter, and I'd love to see in her lifetime a shift. Yeah. But I can't. I'd love to see it, but I can't because I'm looking at politics around the world and even politics here in this country, and nothing has. Okay, the Eighth Amendment was repealed. Yeah. However like women's place and we're still mentioned as a separate entity in the constitution in this country yeah. and if i oh if you only focus on ireland the island yeah you know it's no i don't see any changes anytime soon because even with the the even with repeal even with marriage equality um you know, we 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 did go out and we canvassed and we fought for repeal and we there was a campaign, but that was all pointless because we were being told by somebody else to put it in anyway. Europe, we're part of the European Union and they won't have it any other way except repeal it, and that's what we were being told from Europe. So it's a kind of a as much as I'd love to say, as much as I'd like to say, yes, we won. It was coming anyway. It was coming down the road anyway. So we have this huge mega structure of patriarchy Mm -hmm. telling you you have to do this because i'm sure there's a reason for it yeah and it's nothing to do with women's health or women's well well well-being you know i'm very wary of the fact that it was repealed so uh quickly and i kind of lost my train of thought now uh, yes, we were told that, and after repeal, oh yeah. So, uh, but so it's repealed, but yet still, you know, there's doctors uh, who who say no. I am not going to be involved in this because I have a conscience. Yeah. Uh, pharmacists are still telling women that oh no, I don't agree that you should have the after morning morning mm-hmm. after pill. Oh, yeah. I have a conscience, so no. So we yeah. have repeal. But at it least, doesn't. Do you think, like, at least that it's a step along the way? That it's like little crumbles? Because obviously, we're dealing with a system that has been in place for thousands, of, like, for, you know, yeah. for a long, long time. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's just an overnight thing. It's a long time. It's not even decades or centuries. It's beyond Millennia. that. Yeah. So if we're, if this is a system that is in place and it's a structure that we all, that, that, we can't see how anything else functions outside of that. 
by dismantling it and shifting yeah sure it's gonna it's gonna get messy yeah like really really messy yeah. um and i think it has to get messy we have to completely demolish the whole thing before there'll be any kind of there'll be physical yeah it will get physical and, i and know things, a feminist philosopher who has said it's gonna get physical yeah and, and things like language we don't i don't think we have the language to describe a lot of what of what needs to happen so like you know, I've had conversations with um with with friends about you know the the language around gender and, and binary non-binary all of this sort of stuff. We don't have the language to describe that no. because this is a system that we we well we don't we don't have the language, but there are cultures that do have language for it. Yeah. So it's not completely beyond us, and it's not hasn't it's not like this is a new thing. No, it's, it's not, not a, a new, new thing, thing no. at all. We just have to find a way of. Baking appropriating it. that stuff and I hate to use that word and I hate to use that particular word but I think that yeah we'll have to we're gonna have to start bringing it in we're gonna have to start looking at these people who have had this language and these people around these five six three four however many variations of being a human being and and mm-hmm. identifying as whatever part of that species you want to yeah. um that you, we have to find a way to bring that in yeah and I think the same for women. Like you know, we did. We had um, we had a um, we had a rally similar to yourselves. We had a rally in Derry for um, against a certain president of the United States coming to this country and telling him to who shall remain nameless. Who shall remain nameless? Because I don't really want to say his name because he doesn't deserve it. But anyway, um, to him, um, we had to tell him to sweetly to fuck off mm-hmm. <laughs> and stop messing with women's lives. Um, they can't help themselves. Oh no, I know, I know they can't. They can't help themselves. Um, but one of the thing, I I had to, I was asked to speak on behalf of part of Alliance of Choice, um, and uh, so I was asked to speak at the rally, and I was like, we have to stop behaving like we are a minority, because we're not, not a minority. Fifty percent, fifty yeah. in this country, fifty-one percent. We are in fact the majority. majority. So we have to stop being treated like we're a minority, a minority, mm-hmm. and that everything, every every step that we make forward is not, it's not a favor. It's not you're doing us something good. No, we, we should have these had this the, already. Yeah, these are the things that need to be in place because we're not a minority. And we and, and and that's I think that is the shift is a massive shift that we need to yeah and 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 if you can see it you can do it like they talk they even women um uh you know with this this we have to have um what's it called that thing where you have to have a certain amount of people quote us where we quote oh, yeah. We, yeah put them in make them do it make them have 50%. 30%? No, I'm sorry. 40%? No. 50. Half and half. Equal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They should be made to do it. But yeah. it needs to be if we're in in order to have a balanced society, we have to have we have to have balanced rep- representation. And I'm going to say something controversial now and no you're not going to like it. Uh, so I often say to Stacy when we discuss have these sort of discussions which we do every now and again. Uh if it takes you six years to walk into a forest, how long do you think it's going to take you to walk out again? Yeah. And I usually say it in terms of Christianity to Stacey because... Yeah. And so 
it's been around for religion how long you know yeah. it's been around for how long is it going to take you to get out walk yeah. back out of that so it it's depends t- on what what explosives we use to get rid of the forest <laughs> and that's exactly it that's exactly it yeah that's true and it will come to that it will have to yeah. come to that it will have to come to that yeah bring on the bring it on yeah. bring it on i'm ready I think that's a nice place to leave. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank up. you All so right. much. You're right, welcome. Awesome. That was cool. Thank you for listening to this episode seven of For the Love of Mary podcast. Thank you to the Arts Council of Northern Ireland um, for their support in allowing me to um, make the journey to County Clare and travel around and meet lots of women and to record their stories and make these podcasts. A huge thank you to Arlene Murphy for sharing her thoughts and stories and perspective with me. Um, please continue to listen, like, share, subscribe, do all of that stuff and um, let's put these stories out there. Let's get this conversation going and yeah, um, share the stories of women. Thank you. <laughs>